You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is truly appreciated. Well, the Lakers are now a sparkling 10 and 0 on the road after escaping Cleveland with a victory, and I will tell you what, it was kind of close. In fact, they were down by two in the third quarter at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth. They did outscore Cleveland 28 to 19 in that fourth quarter, played very good defense and some timely shots. And, of course, LeBron James doing his thing, 46 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Anthony Davis chipping in with 17 and 10. So it was another victory for the Lakers, 115-108, keeping their NBA best record alive at 13-4 and and at 14-4. and And here today to talk about the game, first off, he was the first here, so I'm going to give him first dibs. He is the man behind all the great things that he does at Lakerholics.com under the guise of Magic Man, it is Sean Grice. And Sean, Laker, uh, well, let's just put it this way. LeBron James, 46 points in Cleveland. Hmm, something to prove in Cleveland? Hmm, something to prove against Dan Gilbert? Hmm, hmm, hmm? Always, always, Gerald. You know, AD sort of a career high uh, in Chicago of 37. LeBron said, you know what, Anthony? I'm going to score a career high against my old team. Just for old time's sake. Just to give Dan that thumbs up. Thank you very much. Goodbye again. Um, It was an incredible virtuoso performance by LeBron again. 46 points, only two free throws, Gerald. I believe he only went to the line twice. Yes. Um, that's incredible efficiency. He didn't have to go to the line a lot. He didn't have to manufacture points. It just seemed like it came second nature to him to just turn around on a 30-foot fadeaway and just goodbye. Yes, it was nice goodbye indeed. Absolutely. But uh, one thing before we get to Laker, Tom, I wanted to ask you this. Again, another situation where inside – they gave up a lot of points to the paint, a lot of offensive rebounds, something of, uh, to me, I think it's still a concern. 
Uh, as soon as Marcus Saul went out, actually, by the time you said Lakers fast break, Mark already had three fouls and was out of the game. But it was still a point where they gave up a lot of insight. Does that concern you at all? In this game, it was a concern. Definitely, it could have cost us for sure. I think overall, because they were playing a very didn't... big lineup, they were playing a very big they lineup were. at times. Jared Allen was playing the power four at times, which was very you know yeah. unusual for for a lineup yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it it was weird. It was almost like their their version of the twin towers. Yeah, it was either him and McGee, or sometimes it was Drummond and Allen at times. It was very interesting to see how they laid out. Colin Sexton was doing a lot of Colin Sexton things, and Darius Garland. I don't understand why that they're now he's you know ever since he came back for his injuries now playing off the bench and not starting again because he certainly was playing well enough to be a starter before he left. But again, some different things are going on in Cleveland. But here today to talk about the game and again LeBron's continual MVP performance is another genius himself, an MVP of the Lakerholics.com site. He is the man behind a lot of great things at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I'll take a win any way I can get it. Hey, listen, it was a great performance by LeBron. He really likes to play in Cleveland, and uh, he gave the hometown fans. I wonder why. He gave the hometown fans exactly what they wanted. Are you Uh, sure it was for the hometown? Maybe not for the Cavaliers, but... There's a lot of LeBron fans there in, in Cleveland, and and just like AD did in Chicago, uh, this was LeBron's night. And uh, man, he was he was smoking. I mean, the team other than LeBron was three for twenty one from deep. And the last two games, basically, we've not shot the ball as well as we have in the first uh, sixteen games. Um, and you can see what effect that has on how competitive the team is. You know, that's what's been setting us aside as well as our good defense, has been our ability to hit the three. But, you know, LeBron, 11 threes, made seven of them tonight. Just a terrific performance. And AD just could not seem to hit a shot from outside. Um, There's a point there where it looked like this was last year's team, where if you needed a basket, the only guy who was really good to be counted on to do it was LeBron. Kenny shot one for eight from three. I um, mean, it was just a, just a tough game. You got to give credit to you know the uh, that backcourt that uh, the Cavaliers have of of Sexton and Sexton Garland. And, and 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 Garland Sexland. Garland is was those are two guys that have really come along and uh, you can see why they beat Cleveland. They played really well. I thought the you know I I watched it on NBA League Pass, so I get the Cleveland announcers all the time. Um, but they made a good point that that what really changed the game was how. Uh, how Sexton and really Garland. picked up really picked up the pace uh, and attacked the Lakers defense before they could get set. Shetty um, Osman chipped in with twenty. Uh, uh, Osman was Osman was yeah. great from outside. Um, you know, there it's an interesting thing. Cleveland is one of those teams that's trying to go from being a you know a deep lot a deep deep lottery pick type team to trying to get to be respectable in the East and. Uh, they're making some progress. You know, it's, it was an interesting game. Um, uh, the Lakers, you know, um, you'd think that they'd want to come in there and give LeBron a easy resting home down game, but uh, that wasn't to be tonight. Um, it was a close game all the way. The Lakers, Lakers had that 14 point lead as they got off to a good start. Yeah. Um, but 
they just could not hit shots from outside. And uh, thank God they really cranked down on the defense in the fourth quarter and, and managed to come away with the win. Um, but it was really LeBron shooting that was the key. Man, I tell you, you can say it over and over again. If LeBron hits that shot, you got no hope of stopping him. Absolutely. He's, he's, definitely, he's definitely the MVP leader at this point. The one fourth point of the season. We played 18 games of the 72, and uh, and the Lakers now have the best record in the league at 14 and four. Well, you made a note of it as far as, well, hold on, I just want to say this. You made a note of it early on as far as the percentages for these teams. Like, for instance, Milwaukee, they had a lot of trouble against the Lakers from the three-point lane. Uh, and also as well, the Lakers have had a, a ton of problems with from the three-point area as well. And we've seen the Clippers in recent games as well. If you've been checking the box scores and seeing them, they've been struggling as well. So these teams are starting to fall back down to earth a little bit after some really hot starts the first 10 to 12 games. That small sample some. size. Small yeah. sample size always distorts things. And, uh, you know, you, you have a couple of bad shooting nights like the Lakers have tonight, um, other than LeBron. And, and it's going to hurt everybody's averages because you've only got 18 games to, to average it over. So you got one eighteenth of your entire season there. You get down into the last part of the season and you're talking about each game being 172nd of your of your total. So that small sample size really leads for a lot of variations. And, um, you know, you're not you're not going to see KCP shooting 56 percent and Alex Caruso shooting 56 percent for a whole season. But, you know, uh, I think that the Lakers will still be a better three point shooting team than they were last year. And a lot of that, I think, comes from stretching the defense, the fact that that. We're not, we don't have two guys playing in the dunker position all the time. And uh, Harrell has, has shown that he can hit that mid-range shot on the baseline. So there's a lot more room to operate and a lot more room to attack. But this is the NBA, and, and on any given night, if you don't come out with your best, it doesn't matter whether you're the world champions, you can still get beat. And the Lakers tonight had enough to pull down and, and pull it through in the fourth quarter, and it was a great win. Andre Drummond with 25 points and 17 rebounds. Uh, excellent game for him, but that seems to be par for the course for him right now. Yeah. Whether or not he stays with Cleveland or is, is, or is being auditioned for another team at this point in time, we'll wait and see. But, Sean, you had some points you wanted to go ahead and interject with. I, I didn't want to keep you waiting, my friend. Just like to add a little levity to the situation, Gerald. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers organization needs to stop being so uptight and embrace the Sexland duo. Put it on t-shirts, <laughs> put it on sweatshirts, just roll with it. They can't help it. They have disyllabic names and monosyllabically it works. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Sexland, it just works. Roll with it. it it does work, but I'm still puzzled why Darius Garland is coming off the bench. I understand Isaac Okoro is a top 10 pick for them. I get it. But run the three-guard set if you're so concerned about doing that. But for me, I mean, right now, Garland is what he's about. A, he's a year removed. He's in the second year, I believe, and Sexton's in his third. And, you know, they were started off. They got off to a great start together, playing in the backcourt, starting together. And I know, again, Garland was out injured. It was the deal. Okay, he comes back. Okay, coming off the bench the first game. All right, get into, no problem. Get back with the swing of things. But to stay on the bench and come off the bench for limited minutes, I kind, uh, I kind of find that puzzling personally. 
But you know what? Again, it's it's not my deal in Cleveland, but these are some observations. They do have a team that can be competitive. Obviously, they're they're projecting out a lot to be a lot better than what a lot of people are thinking, but they've got some nice things going in Cleveland. I will give them that. They tried hard today after a tough loss. I think it was last night that they lost as well, so it was a back-to-back game for them. So they were running on some fumes at the end. But again, the Lakers at the end in the fourth quarter turned on the defensive pressure, and I think that's what did it for me. But Laker Tom, I want to get with you on this. I know you you and I keep going back and forth this, and I don't want to get you upset, but that interior <laughs> of the Lakers, especially tonight with all the offensive rebound, and I know Andre Drummond, that's what he does, but if you can even limit it just a little bit, I think that would have gone a long way and would have made the game so much easier for the Lakers. The Lakers made a defensive strategic change to basically play the way they played in the playoffs versus the way they played in the regular season last year. And I've been in several conversations all over Twitter and at Lakerholics.com on this subject of, of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and, and why we let them go and would we be better off having, having both of them there. And what it really comes down to is, is, a, is a belief that, that they want to play, they want to play that style that they played in the playoffs, even though they're not going to use Anthony Davis in the five the way that they did so much in the playoffs. And so it, it becomes a load for Marc Gasol to carry and, and Montrez Harrell to carry to play the five. <laughs> we saw some interesting situations where Montrez is going against against a guy that's just so much so much bigger than he is, you know, and and it's hard when you you got somebody like Drummond who's an experienced veteran player and just outweighs and outsizes, you know, uh, a six nine guy or six eight guy like like Montrez. Trez has his strengths, which is his quickness and so forth, but it's awful hard for him to take advantage of a guy like Drummond. And Drummond on the other end is a handful for everybody to handle. He's a hand, he was a handful for Anthony Davis to handle. Although one of the key plays in the game when the Lakers broke free was that block that AD got on Drummond during that little stretch that we had. And, and that block was was bookended by three-point shots by LeBron to really create the lead that we were able to hang on to. Um, and I give I give Cleveland credit. You know, I, I think that they start – the whole idea of starting um, Okoro is – to get defense in the starting lineup, to, you know Sexton and Sexton and, and Garland are both dynamic offensive players, but neither one of them is anywhere near close to being an efficient defender at this point in time. No, and, so, and, and, it, and it was it, historically bad defense, and I'll give yeah, you. Yeah, and, and and so you know you got to give their head coach just credit for he's 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 gambling on getting some experience, and and the idea is not. The idea is not to make the playoffs and win a championship this year. The idea is to develop this young team and to get some balance between offense and defense. Um, and and I think, you know, I'd, I'd have to say that they've had a successful season already. For the first fourth of the season, you have to give them an A-plus because nobody really expected anything from them. They didn't expect them to be able to be competitive as they were with the Lakers. They didn't expect them to be able to beat the 76ers once and to beat the Nets twice. So it it's it's just a case where this is one of the, this is still that crazy season. We're still in the first small sample size, eighteen games. We'll see how these teams all hold out over the long run when we get down to playing seventy two games. If we make it to seventy two games, 
and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, 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 we just heard the news that the Clippers now have got their two superstars in contact tracing situation. Um, I don't know. Is that does that last six? Does that mean they're going to miss six games? It could um, be up no, to it could depends. be. You know, I mean, I, and know, that, I thought it was up to ten days. Ten days, and they got ten six days. games scheduled in that yeah. ten day period. Yeah. So, so it's you know it, it all of a sudden just wakes you up that you know what if LeBron James but, and but Anthony Davis all of a sudden only missed one game because of contact tracing. Well, that was because that was because of the issues where it was uh, undetermined because he took a test. Remember, in the you know it was it was mm-hmm. one right before the the Lakers. I guess it was the Clippers again. I think right. And he took that, mm-hmm. and the test determined undetermined. So he had to take another test the next day. And was cleared. That's why he got to go ahead against play against the Lakers. When it comes down to the the protocol, it is up to ten days. It's at the discretion of the league. Uh, I know they're going to follow the the continued protocols. They're not actually with the the clip. They're not actually with the Clippers in Atlanta right no. now. They're actually at home. But there's a chance that they may be you know able to go ahead and join the team at some point in time. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. You called this, Sean. You called this that these teams, even at the Lakers stature, like you were talking about, Tom, where only the, the good teams were really taking care of their themselves as far as that's concerned. Now you're seeing it with some of these good teams as well. You're seeing it with the Clippers. You've seen it with some other of these playoff-bound teams. You're seeing some of these things creep in. And you talked about it before, Sean, about how it can affect the team. Like like the Lakers, I mean LeBron and AD, if they go on health and safety protocols for ten days, that's that's a problem. So the Lakers do you have better to-, to have it happen now in some ways for some of these teams, yeah. Then later, <laughs> yes, this is true, and and they do need to focus on winning as many as they can. They can't go gliding in like you know. Again, there was another lapse today. They took the foot off the metal, uh, the pedal again. They did, they did it after that second quarter when they were up by 14 and things looked pretty good. And in that third quarter, I don't know what happened. They just didn't seem at all attentive. The rotations were bad. Did not seem to be this kind, same kind of intensity there. But, again, it took the them Cavaliers, being down. Man, by, They're well, playing the Cavaliers. And, and, if they were but, playing the Bucks, the 76ers, it would be different. Well, but you you know, playing down your competition, like you said, Laker Tom, every now and then you're going to get burned, and yep. they almost yep. did tonight. But again, they did pull it out. Uh, they, they when they finally decided to go ahead and concentrate on the defensive end, it was a pleasure to see. So again, it, the Lakers did pull out a, a one fifteen to one hundred eight victory. They head on, I think, to Philadelphia on Wednesday, which is almost very ironic because if you remember almost one year ago today, in fact, it was one year ago to the day they did play in Philadelphia. LeBron had passed Kobe Bryant on the all-time list. And then unfortunately we heard the tragic news the next day 
and that day is tomorrow as we record this. So this is coming up on the one-year anniversary of Kobe, of Gigi, and all the individuals that were in that horrific helicopter helicopter crash one year ago. So I want to hear you guys' thoughts before we head on out. You know, I give you guys as much time on the floor to share your memories. Laker Tom, I want to go ahead and start with you. You know, the year has gone by, and obviously no one has forgotten about Kobe. The tributes, the memories are still coming in, especially in the past couple of days. They'll for the next couple of days, they'll still be going strong. I want to hear your thoughts, Laker Tom, on your Kobe memories. Something you didn't share before a year ago or something that you'd just like to go ahead and tell us now, maybe in the year since. What are your thoughts uh, right now as we head up with the Kobe first year anniversary of his passing? First off, I'm I'm really just stunned that it's been a year. I mean, and what a year it's been, you know. I mean, the highs and, and the highs have the highs have been great. The Lakers won a championship. Joe Biden won the election. We won the Senate, whatever that means at this point in time. Um, but I, you know, I, I tell you, I really felt for Mark Gasol when he kept asking, they kept asking him that question because I felt the same way as Mark. I, I kind of, I definitely avoided a lot of the Kobe stuff a year ago and I totally avoided it this year. To a certain extent, I made a couple posts, but I didn't even make comments on the posts because, I mean, I was in tears last year over that thing. And every time I start to think about it, it, it just, it just ties me up emotionally. It just is such a, such a tragedy. And it's, it was almost like that was the start of everything bad that started to happen in this last year in 2020, you know, uh, it was just in the minute that happened, it was like, you knew 2020 was just going to be a terrible year and it turns out that it was a terrible year maybe the most horrible year in 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 all of the years that i've been alive you know now when you can say that that is something that's it all is, i'll say you know? yes. i mean when you think about it I, I i will say that the one thing that 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 still struck me and it still strikes me every time i i posted an article today where there was a photo of kobe and and all of the mamas all wearing their Mamba uniforms, all those little girls lined up that he was coaching. And the fact that, that the fact that LeBron pointed out that in the last three years after he'd retired, Kobe seemed to be happier than any other time in his life. Um, and he was like the ultimate girl dad, which I'm sure you can appreciate Gerald being a girl dad yourself. And as I, as I told everybody back when that all happened, he was on the way to, coach's daughter in a basketball game. I was driving my car with my two granddaughters in it, going to a basketball game where they were playing. And so it's just, you know, stunned that to hear the news and in almost incredible as it, as it dribbled out from the various announcements at first, it was maybe Kobe was aboard and then maybe his daughter was aboard and then, you know, and, and it just went on and on. And it was just like, you know, you just, you just wanted to cry and, and, and that started a horrible year that that hopefully we're hopefully 2020 is past, you know, and we're really into 2021. Although the first few days, the first part of the month of 2021 is has still has a lot of tragedy for a lot of people. I think one of the greatest things is that there were a lot of Kobe haters before that tragedy happened. A lot of naysayers that uh 
that really never appreciated Kobe for everything that he did for the game of basketball and even beyond the game of basketball. And so if there's anything I take out of that whole tragedy is that at least there's sort of a unanimity among everybody in the country, especially those who love the game of basketball, that Kobe is one of the greatest ever. He'll always be a candidate for GOAT in my mind, regardless of all of the other great players that have happened. And uh, and I'd still love the fact that uh, Mamba on three is still the way that the Lakers break every huddle. So I just hope that uh, his wife and, and his other daughters and can eventually get over this whole thing and uh, and and maybe maybe there's a time coming down the road when I'll want to go back and watch all of those tributes and so forth I'm not ready to do that yet well I don't know if they'll ever get over it or at least they're trying to move on as best they can and they've done an incredible job and they've had such support and it's great to see that kind of support out there for someone who has lost a, a husband and a father and, and kids that have lost their father. So, and I, not to mention all the other families that were involved that have lost loved ones in that ter- horrific helicopter crash. Magic Man, I know you've had some thoughts in, in regards to this. I wanted to go ahead and get you guys set up on, so that's why I gave the advance notice. But it is tomorrow, as we most people will hear this, one year to the day that we heard the announcement that Kobe and Gigi and all those individuals aboard that helicopter perished. And it was such a sad day for us all, sad day for the community, sad day for the world, because, you know, you just saw the tributes and the love that was pouring out for Kobe and how devastated we were as a, as a world community. But I want to hear your thoughts now, one year going on, trying to remember Kobe. I mean, you can't forget what he contributed not only to this world, but to the game of basketball. It's hard. It's hard to describe him in words, Gerald. What he what he represented, what he meant to the game of basketball. Um, it reminds me a lot of that David Attenborough quote at the beginning of Gandhi, where he says that it's very difficult to encapsulate a man's life in a three-hour film. I think it'd be very difficult to encapsulate Kobe you know, in a documentary or a film or he was bigger than all that. And um, when that day, I remember, you know, he was 41. And I remember when I was 13, my best friend at the time, Chris, his dad died from cancer and he was 41. And I remember how devastated Chris and his sister Charlene were that they lost their dad so young. And you know, Chris was entering high school. He he really, he had a difficult time coming to grips with it. Um, when I heard the news, I went through a wide range of emotions. First, I was angry, Gerald. I was angry that there were reports that his daughters were involved. And then I was angry that I heard Rick Fox was involved. And I got to meet Rick Fox when I was a kid. He, was, he grew up in Toronto. I got to know him a little bit. I got to know his family a little bit. And I thought that he was gone too. And then you find out that, no, he's not. He's still alive. His daughters are still alive. But nine people died. And it, it's, it's, I just still can't come to grips with it, Gerald. I, I really can't. 
I don't blame you, my friend. I don't blame you. It is very tough. I mean, it's going to take a long time when someone dies so tragically. That's so beloved by people all around the world. I know Jamie Sweet and I had talked about it over the weekend about the, his thoughts on it. I hope you, people get a chance to listen to that show as well. But I know that in the coming days, people are still going to remember Kobe. In fact, you know, this month of January is so special for, in so many ways, both good and bad for, for those who follow Kobe Bryant. I mean, the 81-point game happened last week. Uh, obviously, right now, you, you know, there was the thing, like I said, a year ago today with, with LeBron passing Kobe and a passing of the torch, so to speak. That happened in Philadelphia. And, of course, what happened on one year ago tomorrow or today, as you're hearing this most likely, uh, with the passing of Kobe. So January is a an important month uh, for many reasons for many Kobe fans out there. But, you know, we have to move on. I don't think Kobe would want us to sit still. He would probably tell us some type of expletive and to get up off our expletive and, and to move on with life and to do the best we can. So I think we need to go ahead and continue to do that. And, you know, I just have prayers continually for his family that, that not only for his wife, uh, but also his children that they can grow up and, and have the kind of uh, life that he had so wished for them. So I'm hoping for good things for the family. I'm also hoping for good things out there for Laker and Kobe fans out there. But again, I know tomorrow as we record this, it's going to be a very tough day, but please, if if you need any help out there, reach out to us at Lakerholics.com or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com at LakersFastBreak. Reach out to LakerTom at LakerTom or MagicMan on Twitter. I mean, reach out to someone you could talk to. It, it goes both ways. It might help not only us, but it might help you as well. Or just find some friends, family that you want to talk about it if it really still gets you because, you know, Sean said it, Laker Tom, it's still myself. It's still, you know, even to this day, still still gets you, you know, as we hit these anniversaries and as we continue to go forward. But please, you know, you just if you can, just talk to somebody if you need to because I know tomorrow – is going to be a very tough day for a lot of Lakers fans, a very tough day for a lot of Kobe fans, but I said it then and I say it now. We will get through this together. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, will look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you both. As we remember the life of Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and all those who passed away one year ago, but also as well the Lakers pulling out a victory 115 to 108 over the Cleveland Cavaliers, squeaking it out in the end. Again, a strong fourth quarter. But before we head on out, Laker Tom and Magic Man, I know you guys got stuff that you're working on. Sean, I'll start with you first. What you got cooking up? at lakerholics.com 
Uh, thanks, Gerald. You, you know, it, 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 we are coming up on the one-year anniversary, and I, I just wanted to touch on Lakerholics.com that, you know what, I, I went through the grieving process, and like you said, Gerald, we just have to accept that, you know, Kobe's gone. May his memory be a blessing to all of us Lakers fans and anyone who admired him throughout the world. And just coming, coming to understand that, you know, a lot of life is a mystery. We there are some things we weren't really meant to understand, and for a lot of us, this is just going to have to be one of those things. Absolutely, and I hear you on that. But maybe, maybe eating some of Laker Tom's cookies might make you feel better <laughs> if oh, you still have it left. Oh, oh, I do. <laughs> past I do. tense, past tense. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But. Please look out for Magic Man stuff that he's got cooking up at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, Tom, I know you've got some thoughts as well. What you're working on at your awesome site and also your medium.com site, but also Lakerholics.com. Well, you know, I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to look at trade prospects, which is really a difficult job for the Lakers. You know, I like the one you had on Twitter. Rarely do I say you did a great job, but... On, as far as the trade machine goes, but I mm-hmm. kind of like that one that you cooked up, but I won't give it away. Yeah, it, it basically, uh, I, I, I went through the whole process of trying to figure out, okay, the Lakers do have do have some needs for a third center, somebody who can uh, block shots, uh, and, and, and then hopefully also the one thing that they still don't have is a modern third center defensively who can not only protect the rim, but also can defend on the perimeter. I mean, I've always liked guys like Miles Turner. Um, I definitely, I, I definitely would like to see him in a Lakers uniform at some point in time, but the guy that I was very interested in is Chris Boucher, who's really played extremely well coming off of the bench as, as the backup center. He's 6'9", 200 pounds, but he's got a 7'4 wingspan, a 36-inch vertical. He's number three in block shots, and he's shooting 48%. He's shooting Alex Caruso-ish from deep. And so it, I, I started to figure out how can we trade for this guy? Immediately, I went to my old standby standard, which is Kyle Kuzma. Welcome to a lesson on, on what that poison pill does to the Lakers' chances of trading Kuzma. Basically, he is untradeable because the Lakers only get 3.5 million credit. His current salary is outgoing but they have to average his three-year $13 million a year extension with that $3.5 million. So it's $10.6 million incoming for the team that trades for him, which makes it almost impossible to, to, to match salaries. He was $100,000 short of being able to trade Kuzma and another player for, uh, for Chris Boucher. So I went then to the next thing, the only other asset that the Lakers have, which is somebody that I've I've been a huge fan of and have projected him as a future superstar for the Lakers, maybe the third superstar in two or three or four years that we need, which is Taylor Horton Tucker. And so I ended up with a trade proposal for Taylor Horton Tucker. And when I started to write the article, as I said in the article itself, I wasn't even sure whether I'd be in favor of this by the end of the article. Uh, in the end, I was simply because I think it's a trade that would benefit both teams the uh, the Raptors need a replacement for Kyle Lowry, who's fading in the playoffs in the last couple of years and who's 
34 years old and at the end of his contract at this point in time. And Horton Tucker could be that that star, all-star type of guard that they could fare along with Van Vliet and, and have, you know, a really great team. And Boucher, they with the with the guys that they've got, Siakam, Siakam and Ananubi, they don't have the size to really have a six nine center in there. They need somebody bigger. And they need somebody who's who's basically got the size that that Gasol and and uh, Ibaka had, you know, when they won the championship. So anyway, it was a good trade. I've gotten some good response from it. I had a couple of heavy conversations on Twitter from Raptors fans and, and others. But it's one of the few trades that I think makes sense simply because THT is going to be two or three years from Beely having an impact on the Lakers, whereas Boucher could come in and and really impact them right away. He'd give them a guy who can block shots, who can defend on the perimeter. Um, it'd still leave us short a guy. You know, we need we need a young replacement for Gasol at some point, somebody who can who can really defend the the, the Jokers and and the Embiid's in the world. But we also do need that center who can actually play defense and allow Anthony Davis to really float and be that free defender. So I'm still looking at different other options on that um, uh, and seeing what other things we can do. Uh, I I don't I don't see I don't see us trading any of the other ten guys in the rotation. It, this made this trade basically to make it work would involve. Uh, uh, West Matthews and West Matthews and THT for Chris Boucher. I thought it was a good trade for both teams. Uh, like all of these types of trades that you propose on Twitter and and at Lakerholics.com, they're 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 totally speculative because there's no there's no chance that it's going to happen. Um, but it it sets a it, I really do it for a purpose of setting a principle for what are the things we're looking for, what are the things that we need, what are we willing to give up that that wouldn't hurt our chances and, and that would actually improve our chances because you don't want to make a trade for any other reason. So that's one thing that I'm working on. And then uh, I have started a Kobe Bryant tribute thing and I, I just uh, haven't really found a handle that I haven't found an angle, if you will, to make it meaningful for me to go through the angst of having to, to deal with Kobe's tragedy and so forth. It's still a little too raw for me, but I'll try to put something together simply because tomorrow is the anniversary of it. And, and I think in recognition of recognition of great things and tragic things, you know, it, that's that's the way that somehow we get over it. And obviously I need to do something to get over it because I'm not at this point in time ready to move on. So hopefully I'll come up with some some meaningful reason to to write about Kobe tomorrow. I'll tell you what, I like the idea of Chris Boucher. I have him on my, several of my fantasy league teams, and I know exactly firsthand the kind of things that he can do and bring to the table. And sometimes I get upset with Nick Nurse because he only plays for a limited amount of minutes, so I get upset with Nick Nurse on that because I think he's extremely talented. They did waive Alex Len, which clears the way for a lot more minutes for Chris Boucher, but sometimes they play or Aaron for a trade Or for a trade for somebody else yeah. bigger. But I'm, I'm saying Aaron Baines right now in Toronto has not been the answer, and I think Sean knows that as well. Yeah, so I think Chris Boucher. From deep, yeah, Chris, I never thought I'd see. I mean. Yeah, but to sign that big free agent contract, stop me if you've heard this before, and it's not <laughs> producing. But Magic Man, I know you wanted to go ahead and interject. I saw you raise your hand while Tom was talking. What you got left for us before we head on out? 
Yes, Gerald, before we go, uh, just to backtrack a little, a footnote on the, on the casting. It's in the ether right now that eventually JaVale McGee will be making his way to Brooklyn. So we're going to see how that experiment works. Well, again, it, I mean, that's, that's nice and all, but, you know, as far as him being a buyout candidate, because I know he would, he would, uh, I mean, does he, is he two years left or is he one year left on his contract? One, one year left. Okay. One. This is his last year. Then, yeah, he's definitely a buyout candidate. If Cleveland is in the position to do so, because you got to remember with the playing teams, there's now more teams that could conceivably be in the hunt for playoffs. So that will mean less buyout candidates. So we cannot right, think but it's of also March 3rd because he, he was traded, you know? So. Yeah. So, I mean, he won't be eligible for a little while, but right. I'm just saying right now he's playing well enough not to be waived. And again, it's a situation where they might want at Cleveland some type of residuals back and they may not get rid of him, you know, just to go ahead and dump him because of the fact that, again, they could be in a scenario like Laker. Tom says they're playing maybe a little bit above their head, but if they keep playing this way, they will be in the hunt for a ninth, eighth, mm -hmm. 10th, 7th, right in that range, right in that their announcers, Their announcers like the contribution. They 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 compare him to Harold on our team. Yeah. He's the energy guy that comes in off of the bench for them. So, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying right now, don't put it too much of your Brooklyn into that. I mean, you still have got a lot of things. Should have signed Alex Len when you had the chance. I, uh, I've already seen him produce. I thought I've, he, I've always admired his talent. Uh, but him and Chris Boucher, obviously, if they're both on the bench, you got to right. play Chris Boucher. But still, Alex Lenny's he's already producing for Washington in his first game. I thought that was a misstep by Brooklyn. But any which way, uh, you know, it comes down to the point where the Lakers still pulled out the victory, 115 to 108. Again, we will be here Wednesday. I'm hoping to get on someone Tuesday for a special episode. Again, if not, then we have the Kobe memories for today and also check out our thoughts with Jamie Sweet on his thoughts on Kobe, but I'm hoping to get a special guest coming on specifically for an episode on Tuesday by itself. But if I can't, we will definitely see you Wednesday, right after the game against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's going to be the tough one. Laker Tom and I think that's where the loss comes because of the fact that Philadelphia, they play so well at home. Obviously, they don't play as well in the road because they lost in the second game of back-to-back -back against Detroit, you know, that, that team that scares Jamie Sweet, I think, on the as far as the trap game is concerned uh, yeah. on the road trip. But trap game was tonight. Uh, they already beat Philly. They, they're going to take that night off. <laughs> I hope so. But you know, but the thing is, guys, I'm still concerned with that game because you know we saw Anthony Davis in his hometown go nuts. We saw LeBron James in his hometown go nuts. Guess what? Kyle Kuzma is going to want to do. On Thursday, oh or is it Thursday? I think it's Thursday. It's, it's Thursday. Back yeah, back. Thursday. Yeah, what do you think Kyle Kuzma is going to want to do on Thursday? I think he will do it. They'll pass him the ball. They're going to give him the ball like they did AD, like they did THT. Yeah. Our problem is we don't have anybody on the team from Philly, do we? I don't know if anybody on the team is from Philly. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody on the team is really from Philly. But I, I, I happen to think Philly is who we're going to meet in the finals. Over under 15 shots for Kuzma in Detroit. I think it's over. <laughs> well, how many threes you might, you might do you think Danny Green is going to hit? 
Yeah, that's right. That's another story altogether. I think I go for probably about four there, four to six there. But I, I think I think five. I'll tell you what. It's going to be interesting to see though if the Lakers can hang with Philadelphia. Lakers ten and zero. Philadelphia, a great team at home. Those two teams will collide on Wednesday, and we will go ahead and be part of it on the post game here. Hopefully, I can get someone on to share some Kobe thoughts as well. But if not, we will definitely see you Wednesday, right after the game. I want to thank you so much for listening and watching. Thank you so much for the heart for us for our video today. Appreciate you leaving that for us, and we'll catch you Wednesday, right after the game, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.